Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Larry Kim here, back for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. It's been an interest, interesting week since the last one. Um, up to this point, I went to go see an Amanda Palmer show, had lunch in uh, El Segundo uh, with Sean Copeland and discussed the new uh, upcoming um, South by Southwest type event that's going to be, I uh, think, the West Coast in the next few years. Um, worked on setting up stuff for another convention that I'm speaking at this week, or not this week, uh, next in July. And at about 11.30 p.m. on Tuesday night, I went into the fridge and pulled out a veggie burger and ended up with some food poisoning. So yesterday wasn't too pleasant, but today is a much better day because today we have uh, Tara J. Frank on the line with us, and she's a leadership uh, speaker and consultant. Uh, she's a uh, highly sought after. She gets some great speaking fees for what she does. Uh, she has a decade of experience in diversity, multicultural markets, and women's leadership. And she's a former vice president over at Hallmark. And I don't really want to get into too much detail of who Tara is and take the thunder away from her. So, Tara, would you like to take a moment and introduce yourself? Sure. I am Tara J. Frank, and Leonard just told you everything you'd want to know about me. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I live here. Uh, I live here in Dallas, Texas, with my husband and four of our six children and our two dogs. Um, and this is kind of the place from which I get to do work that I truly love. So, as you mentioned, I used to work at Hallmark. I was there for 21 years. I started my career as a greeting card writer. Um, and grew into various levels of leadership. Um, when I left in 2017, I was corporate culture advisor uh, to the president, working on specific corporate culture initiatives, uh, mostly around diversity and inclusion. And so um, over the last few years, uh, because it started as a side hustle, uh, I've been doing speaking at companies, as you mentioned, mostly about women's leadership, um, also inclusion, also culture uh, initiatives, and then I do what I call experience design, which can be anywhere from, you know, facilitating a two-hour session with executives trying to uh, align on strategy to a three-day women's leadership conference um, for over a thousand people. So it's fun and and great variety. Uh, and then I recently founded. Um, a foundation called More Than a Movement, which is really uh, a way to kind of build bridges across our differences, which we know are, are seemingly more pronounced every day. That's an amazing introduction, and thank you for, so much for sharing all those details, Tara. Uh, so uh, one of the things that you were looking to do was to get an audit onto your personal brand, and I know that you're doing pretty phenomenally right now. You're getting a pretty high and significant speaker's fee. You're going out there and traveling the world and doing what you love, but speaking and consulting. Um, you're kind of looking to have this grow better. Um, what, what's the main motivation behind that? Well, it's really important for me um, to show up in my social spaces uh, the way that I've been able to show up 
in person, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of the work I get, I get because someone has seen me speak or they've engaged with me face to face, you know, in facilitation or, or designing an experience. Um, they like the experience that they have. They then tell other people about it. Um, and that's how I get most of my work. Uh, other than LinkedIn, which I've, you know, I think I've been relatively successful at building a, a network of people there. Uh, I just don't feel like I show up in social the way that I want to or the way that is even, you know, real, right, and accurate. Um, and I've just yeah. honestly struggled to figure out that formula. So I want to be Tara J. Frank the way that I am, which which I believe and I try to, to ensure is compelling and energetic um, and real and, you know, thoughtful. Um, I want to show up that way everywhere I am, and that's not happening right now. I can completely understand that. And I think one of the main factors that makes it so difficult is someone who might be like 15 years old, what they kind of did is they grew up with technology as more of an extension to themselves. But uh, when we get older to like my age or beyond that, uh, we have to kind of adapt and learn how to use technology and incorporate it into our lives. So it's a little bit different. And there does become that disconnect where we kind of want our lives to be synonymous, but it's hard to actually go and implement that and put that into play. Yeah, I have found that to be the case. Yeah, and I, I've been just looking over earlier today uh, a lot of different things that you've been doing. Like I watched your TEDx talk, which was absolutely phenomenal. I looked over your website. Oh, you're welcome. I looked over your website. I looked over your LinkedIn page. I looked over your Twitter, Instagram, and kind of just sprinkled my eyes everywhere to kind of get a good bird's eye view of what you were doing. And A lot of this stuff is pretty well suited, especially for your speaking career, and it's all lined up in a pretty good way, but um, I know that you're also working with More Than a Movement, and you want to go out there and personalize yourself more, and there's some key things that we could really do to really incorporate all of that into what you're doing. Oh, Um, good, help. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's start with the bio that's like um, on your website in that bio you kind of go deep into exactly what kind of problem that you solve your experience and things uh, of that nature which uh, positions you perfectly when you want to go after that consulting client or after that person who's going to book you as a speaker but there's going to be people who end up on your website who aren't looking for those two things, who might just want to get to know who Tara J. Frank is. And I think what is missing from that is kind of an opportunity where you kind of go into your story of who you are, uh, where you're living now, kind of sharing how you have four children, how, uh, where you live, a little bit about your loving husband, and kind of tying all that in together with also that journey that you kind of just shared earlier about how you moved from starting off writing greeting cards all the way up to how you moved up into the C-suite to moving into your own business. I think I read an article or a post somewhere where you mentioned that you're making more now doing uh, your consulting and your speaking than you were uh, as an executive over at Hallmark. Is that correct? Well, top line. So you've run your own (laughs) business, so you know that's a a very different story. Um, I do have business expenses. (laughs) Top line, not net. 
<laughs> okay, <Yeah>. sounds good. <laughs> but yeah. it's good to kind of like put that format all together and get that story out there because one, uh, let's say someone isn't like the person who books you for speaking or two, let's say someone might be about 18 years old and they're coming across your profile. There's still ways that you could go out there and really inspire them to let them know that it is possible for them to move up in their career because I, I think a lot of people, when we look at our lives, when we're like 18 to 20, maybe we're like oh we're working at Dairy Queen we're working at Taco Bell we're working at um, Forever 21 wherever it may be and it's hard to kind of visualize that we might have a future where we could kind of succeed beyond that and I I think if you're able to incorporate more of that story and more of that journey and maybe just section it off into different parts so people can see different parts of your life and the progression that you've made You'll be able to open up your audience to not just be uh, catering to, like, the speakers, uh, the people who hire speakers and the people who are looking for consulting. Yeah. I honestly, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that, and I think this is where your experience um, online and as a social influencer is extremely valuable because I think back to when, you know, I was being trained, right, about marketing, that kind of thing, and the, the word of the day at that time was focus, 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 right? Like you need to be very, very clear about who you are, you know, what you do, what problem you're trying to solve. People are going to want to understand why they might need you and when. And so my approach, you know, intentionally at the time was to try to be as clear as possible. And what I hear you saying is that, in you know, in these days, people might want a more well-rounded understanding of just who I am as a human being. And, and that can be as, as interesting and, and as compelling um, as whatever professional lane I'm trying to, you know, focus on. Yeah, exactly. And just to give you an example, from 2013 to 2014, when I wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles and got 10 million reads on my content, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't sticking to a marketing beat where I was just talking about marketing alone. If I did, I'd probably have, like, 250,000 reads. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, because I went wide and I talked about a lot of my personal experiences and things like that, a lot of people were like, wow, that's phenomenal. He talked about dating. He talked about his past relationships. He talked about... Um, uh, prior work experiences, but I, I know him as the marketing guy. And then it's funny yeah. because when you kind of have that small little positioning, what you kind of have tied together onto your website right now, uh, people yeah. will put you into the box of that category. But then when you go beyond that, people still can relate to you at a wider and more broader level where you're able to connect with people on so many different instances. Like um, I had a client call uh Two days ago on Tuesday with a brand new client, someone I've looked up to for the last four years. And in the call, she mentioned one about how she used to be like a theater major. And Ryan was on the call with me and he used to be a theater major. So that created an instantaneous bond between both of them. And who would think bringing up what you uh, went to college for would have such a huge connection with someone else? 
Um, yeah. She touched base on how she used to like roller skate as a kid, and Angie's like, "Oh, I I love roller skating as a kid," and <laughs> like it's like the smallest, tiniest little thing that um, brings that connection together. And then she talked about how she used to bag groceries over at Safeway, and I'm like, "Oh, that was like my dream job when I was 16. I wanted to work <laughs> at Albertsons, and no one would ever hire me." <laughs> And it's sometimes the funniest, like most ridiculous things that we kind of have in our stories that when we just don't go out there and share them, we're just limiting ourselves from being able to really drive true connection with others. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. When I have a question for you. So sure. one of the things I'm wondering is, especially, you know, in the speaking consulting space, um, when I first went out into the world, right? And I said, okay, I'm going to work for myself and here are all the things I believe I can do and, and problems I believe I can help people with. Um, I started with a wider um, purview, right, at the time. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I can, co- I can coach, I can console, I can speak, I can do this, I can do that. Because when, you, when you're at a company like that for 21 years, you know, you have a lot of amazing experiences and you learn so many things. So when you first go out on your own, you kind of start thinking about the 52 things that you can do because either because you've done them right or, and you've done them successfully or other people wanted you to do them or whatever your reasons are. But when I first went out into the world and I, I kind of cast this wide net, what I found was that people didn't necessarily know um, how to use me and that they were also assuming that I was really um, shallow in all of these different things, but not necessarily deep in any of them, which made it difficult for me to get, you know, kind of the level of contract and the level of client that I was really interested in. And then when I started to focus more, um, my business model and, and my traction really started to change. So, what, what I'm, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, what's the difference between, or is there, right? What's the difference between being focused from a business standpoint so that people know what problems you solve and why and how, but then being broad and open as a persona, right? That makes people feel connected to you and understood by you and wanting to kind of follow you and and go along for the ride like I think maybe I've just not done a very good job right at figuring out um how to blend those two things together does that make sense yeah that makes a ton of sense and what you kind of did at the beginning of your career when you went and narrowed things down is you kind of focused on bottom of funnel content which is like when you go and do the proposal when you talk about exactly what you want to do when you want to figure out how exactly people are going to hire you and usually Mm -hmm. when you go down to that point you come down to three different things that you offer I think for you that's leadership coaching that's diversity and inclusion coaching and that's a woman's leadership correct? Yeah, it's, it's experience design, it's women's leadership development, and then it's kind of speaking, which can be about any number of things. 
So when you go down to me, the three things that I offer is a course that teaches people everything that I know. It goes down to um, consulting where I help people one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm not actually executing, to an agency-type service where I'm going out there and I'm actually doing all the thought leadership for someone, so they're building out their personal brand. So when you go yeah. on the bottom of the funnel, it needs to be very focused because this is how people are going to convert and actually become your client. So uh, right. It's absolutely essential to do that. But then when you move up to the top of the funnel, you could talk about anything. Like I could go and talk about a horrible day I had at work. I could go and talk about a prior relationship I had. I could go and talk about like maybe a workplace challenge that I had with a coworker. Or I could go talk about like how great this one boss was. And I could go and talk about anything I want. But once people come back to my bio, that bio at the very front and center is going to be hyper-focused yeah. on exactly what I do. And that's what your bio is centered at right now. But if there's an extension to that bio where people want to read on further they get to know you like you trust you even more and look for more yeah. similes and then once they go past that stage because not everyone who's going to read your bio is going to hire you or want to work with you right when right. people are able to see the bigger picture then they can make the option of oh there was no way i was going to hire tara in the first place there was no way i was going to uh, work with her in consulting but you know what she seems absolutely amazing i'm going to want to follow her i'm going to want to subscribe to her email list i'm going to want to learn more about what she's doing yep 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 that's good totally yeah. get it it makes sense Cool. Well, it's time for a commercial break. Um, if people want to find you online, where could they find you? They can find me at tarajfrank.com. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Tara, middle initial J Frank, or at Instagram, Tara J Frank, C A R A J A Y E F R A N K. Cool. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with Tara J. Frank. We've been discussing a lot of things on how to really go out there and make that bio a little bit more comprehensive. Over the commercial break, Tara said that she wanted to talk a little bit about frequency of posts. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Cool. How often do I need to be engaging on certain platforms? Uh, that's a great question, and I'm really glad that you asked that. And from just looking over everything that you've been doing and from just knowing you for the last few months, uh, what I've kind of seen is that when it comes to speaking, you're pretty phenomenal at it. And when it comes to writing, you're pretty phenomenal at that too. And um, let's just take a look at how you're creating content right now. What do you think your frequency is per platform and how do you think you're using that for each platform? Gosh, well, the right now question um, makes this hard because spring is my busy season. So I've honestly been sucking at it like over the last month or two. Um, Usually on a good, you know, on a good stretch, I would um, post, let's say on LinkedIn, right? I would post maybe at least once a day, sometimes twice. And my posts wouldn't always be original content. Sometimes it would be my original thought on other content. But I would Mm -hmm. try to, like, write something, you know, once a week or once every other week. Um, On Instagram, it is honestly all over the place. Like, it depends (laughs) on where I am and what I'm doing. If I'm I'm somewhere where there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, like I'm at a speaker engaged, speaking engagement, you know, I might post pictures with other people, but then I could go like two weeks and do nothing and not even realize I've done nothing because I'm just focused on other things. And Twitter is harder and harder for me, believe it or not, um, to get into these days. And it's probably because there's, even though I know some people have developed uh, an amazing you know, following and, and connect base on there. Sometimes when I open it, what I see most is negative stuff. And I tried to not get like, you know, sucked into it. So I don't spend as much time on Twitter as I used to, because it's, it's just a little uh, burden some of these days, like emotionally, to be honest. Yeah, and no, so I think that's consistent. usually what happens when you kind of go in and read your feeds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I try to read my feed as little as possible, but I, I like that you're kind of all over the place and you've been trying a lot of things and you've been doing things here and there. Um, what I like to really think about is instead of thinking about post frequency, what if you switched it around and thought about um, post quality? Um, so Ah. I'm a firm believer that if you create a compelling piece of content that it's going to get you a higher ROI or more visibility than if you were to create like something that took like three seconds or five seconds and you just kind of pushed out because you had to. Right. Um, Yep. If you kind of look at content, you would probably read a lot of articles randomly here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, out of every hundred articles that you read, how many do you think you're like, wow, that was actually phenomenal? Out of every hundred? Uh-huh. Oh, let, maybe, maybe five? Five. So um, five is a pretty low number. And if you really think about that, that's because most people, they focus on creating um, just content just to create content where they kind of touch the surface of everything. They'll put in maybe like 500 to 800 words into a post, but then the phenomenal content is well-researched, detail-oriented, has personal stories, has things that really connect with you, leave you with something new, maybe challenging you to think in a new way, and you're like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Um, If you were to kind of invest your time into maybe cutting down the amount of uh, content that you were creating, and instead of focusing on making one of those blockbuster pieces, like once every two weeks, once a month, whatever your bandwidth was able to allow you to do, and maybe that's a little bit more time. Maybe that's like a 10 to 15 minute video as opposed to a quick 30 second one. Maybe that's a two to 3,000 word post as opposed to a quick 400 word summary. What you could do is mm-hmm. you could use that one big piece as your flagship post, but then you could break that piece up into like 10 to 20 different pieces pieces of content. Brilliant. Yes, I think <laughs> I could do that. Like, I think I could write something, you know, every two weeks to make that work. Yeah, and if you're kind of making that type of content, when people are reading it, they're like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. This is something I'm actually getting a takeaway from. And when you read something that you feel like wild from, uh, your natural inclination is probably to either talk about it, share it, or um, do something more than just reading it, right? Definitely. Yeah, and if you're kind of focusing on that type of content, what usually happens is when people read stuff like that, um, a lot of people's natural inclination is, um, who wrote this piece? When they go and figure out who wrote it, they're going to want to go back and look through your bio. And if your bio is more than just you as a speaker, more than you just as a consultant, they'll be like, wow, I could really buy into this person. I could really... uh, I, I feel like I know, like, and trust them. So you're building more autonomy with the people that you're uh, speaking to, which eventually will turn into your followers. That makes a ton of sense because I'm thinking about, you know, my own behavior. Mm-hmm. I do the same exact thing. Like, if, if I read something that someone writes, and um, sometimes I happen to find it because it's related to something provocative, right? Like something going on in current events and someone said something extraordinarily insightful about it or wrote about it and I'll read it and then I'll be like, wow, what else do they have to say, you know, about these other things? Yeah. And so I, I, I do that too, you know? I, I think it's naturally what people kind of do when they fall upon blockbuster content. And that's kind of like how Michelle Fan, the uh, makeup person, skincare person, kind of built her entire following. Like one person discovered one piece of content and was like, wow, this is great. Then went to her whole content repository and everything was kind of at that same standard where she was like, wow. And then all of a sudden she had a huge following overnight because she had all this cons- consistent content that was made at that quote-unquote blockbuster level. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You mentioned too, like, you know, to do a 10-minute or maybe even shorter, but video. I don't know what it is um, about me doing video. It is the weirdest thing because 
I will get on stage and, you know, talk to over a thousand people for an hour. And it's the most natural, you know, fun, engaging thing in the world for me. And then I try to make a video and I, and literally I'm like paralyzed. I'm thinking like, what am I going to say? You know, that's going to be concise enough. What do people want to hear from me? What's going to be interesting? And then I hate the way, you know, I feel like I look funny. Like (laughs) I struggle with the video format and I shouldn't like think if I think about it, I shouldn't struggle with that format based on who I am and what I, what I do. But for some reason it like totally freaks me out. I don't know if you have tips for that. One thing that might be able to help you is instead of calling your kids, maybe try FaceTiming them. Maybe try FaceTiming your husband, too. And just get used to talking to a screen. Then just imagine after you kind of get used to it and do it for maybe like a month and get comfortable talking to your phone, um, just pretend that you're talking to, like, your son or your husband and <laughs> when you're looking at yourself <laughs> in the camera. And I think that could be one of the easiest ways to kind of get used to it because it is awkward. It is unusual. It's like, why am I talking to myself? <laughs> it does. And then I'm like hyper conscious of the, you know, the things my mouth is doing. It, you know, I get so distracted. It's so weird. Yeah. And I, I, I think good it's, advice. yeah, it's a pretty big struggle. And it took me a while to really get used to it too. Like I pull up the camera, I'd be like, oh, what am I going to say? Re-record, re-record, re-record. The one thing I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go for it. Let's just make a two-minute video. Whatever comes out is whatever comes out. And we're just going to stick to trying to do this all the time. And I've watched yours. Like, I love your videos. And, and honestly, I'm thinking, well, he just turned that on and just started talking about what was whatever was on his mind at that moment or about a you know particular subject or tip. And it's so natural and so accessible. And I, you know, I've watched it and I'm thinking I should be able to do that. Like you're right though. I probably just probably need to just get more comfortable with it. I need to do it more and get more comfortable with it and stop looking at it as, you know, kind of this special, incredible goal that I will one day achieve, right. To be able to do a good, easy video. Yeah, one thing that I really figured out that I've been doing is let's say I'm having a meeting with a colleague or I'm having a conversation with my wife. I'll hold on to that conversation and I'll wait and move on to a camera. And let's say I'm having that meeting, I'll maybe hop down right afterwards in like 30, 45 minutes, hop into my car and just reiterate what I said in the meeting. <laughs> like, hey, that sounded pretty good. Let's go repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, that thing I said was really smart. I, maybe somebody else might be interested in hearing it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's all these easy ways to really kind of incorporate it because we have all these interactions where we're telling people, like, important stuff. And if we kind of just take that pause and go, wait, 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 let's hold on to this thought for a little bit. I think I could kind of reincorporate exactly what I said into a fluid conversation because it's top of mind, too. Let's just go on camera and just see what comes out. Yeah. That's really helpful. It's so simple, but but it's really helpful. I don't think I realized till I was having this conversation with you um, how complicated I've been making it in my head. Like somebody, I'm I'm doing a speaking engagement next week um, at the Association for Talent Development um, in D.C. 
And they asked me, you know, to just send a one minute video on finding your purpose. Well, I've done like tons of keynotes on this. You know, I've written about it. I wrote a whole book about it. Um, And so I'm familiar with how I would usually coach someone to do that. Do you know it's been like four days and I've not sat down in front of my computer and just done that one minute stupid video? Like it's one minute, Tara, and I've still (laughs) not done it. Are you on your cell phone or your landline? If if you're on your landline and you have a cell phone around, we could just knock this out right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm actually on my cell phone, but yeah. Oh, darn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I should send it to you, though. I'm going to do it when we get off the phone. (laughs) See how it goes. Yeah, it should be fine. And I, I think we just don't, like, it's... I think we kind of just think about all the things in our own head. Like, are people going to be like, "Oh, look, uh, that's too close to your face. That's this. That's that." I'm like, "Oh, the ca-. I'm like, the camera shakes. I don't care. My head shakes already. People can just deal with that. I'm just going to share a message, and if people really want to watch it, they can really watch it. <laughs> so it's up to the person who's watching." Yeah. No, I I like that, and I definitely do that. Like I. My husband makes fun of me because I've been telling him lately. I'm like, I think my face is crooked. I think my face is crooked. He's like, your face is not crooked. And the uh-huh. other day, I was in, we were in the bathroom. I was like, no, look right here. Look, it's crooked. He was like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> These are probably the things I'm thinking about when I'm trying to do a video. Like, who else sees my crooked face? <laughs> Maybe you should just start your video like that and be like, Okay, I'm trying to hold my phone this way. I'm tilting it a little. My face is crooked. So which way should I hold it to make sure it fits? (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be absolutely hilarious. I think it just humanizes you so much to just go out there and do things like that. And I think another thing is when we think about, like, hopping onto video or whatever it may be, we have that – we have that mindset, oh, oh, this this has got to be perfect. This has got to be one of the best things I ever delivered, kind of like one of our prepared speeches and things like that. But, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, like if we think about social media kind of being like the lunch ground, uh, lunch area at like high school where everyone just gathers together and it's not really like this boxy corporate environment, then... Like, we don't have to go out there and try to perfect something because we're not in a situation where we have to go and deliver something that's at high stakes that we're getting paid five figures for. We can just talk and be ourselves and kind of be a little bit more natural, too. Yeah, yeah, that is, this honestly just, you know, might be the best uh, almost hour I've spent in a long time because I'm... I'm realizing, you know, we were talking earlier on the phone just about anxiety and that kind of thing. And I've written about that before. I've had, I've dealt with anxiety since I was, you know, about eight years old, honestly. And it, um, it sometimes it's just our mental model, just things we tell ourselves, things we kind of get wound up about, um, and they can prevent us sometimes from taking certain kinds of risks. Uh, and, and I think that's maybe been one of them for me. And it's, What's strange about it is I, I consider myself highly functioning, right? Like my anxiety doesn't really, doesn't usually hinder me in the work environment, but from a professional standpoint, it will affect me on really weird, silly personal things, but not necessarily professional things. However, I think this is an area just, you know, doing 
doing the video, being personal, you know, putting things out there in that moment without preparation, right, right, without thought, without planning, um, I do think I've had a little bit of a mental block around, around that now that we're talking about it. Well, I, I can understand that because my anxiety usually kicks in when I have pressure to do something. Like um, when I saw us spending, <clears throat> my household spending a lot of money on furniture, I'm like, what does this mean? Does this mean I have to make more money than I'm used to to really go and pay for all this furniture? And then it's like, oh, okay, um, you want an actual ring, a diamond ring. I don't have that cash. Now there's even more pressure than um, when Angie's parents are like, oh, yeah, why don't you have a real wedding in New York? I'm like, we already had a wedding. Now I have to plan for another one. So I'm just like, okay, I have all this pressure to go make more money. And then when I have that pressure, like, I think my income, like, kind of dropped off by, like, three or four grand, five grand a month. And I'm like, this kind of really sucks. I'm used to making, like, enough to pay my credit card and max out my credit card every single month. And now I'm kind of, like, falling behind because everyone's, like, pressuring me to do stuff. And then um, after like Angie stopped working um, I, I think the pressure kind of like stopped like maybe a month or two after that where Angie's like you know what I don't really care about stuff anymore I'm like oh you know I'm gonna return this Jaguar and just get this little Hyundai and I'm like oh yeah we're gonna move back into my mom's house I'm like okay no more pressure no one's telling me I need to go out there and make money anymore and all of a sudden like my income's going back up because I'm like oh yeah the pressure's finally gone no one's telling me that I need to make money to do anything anymore I'm like this is awesome yeah yeah no it's it's good. Sometimes we do we do things to ourselves. That's for sure. Yeah, it's I think crazy. we've all experienced that a time or two. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, it's time for another commercial break. Um, if people want to find you, Tara, where can they look you up? Uh, I am at tarajfrank.com. I'm also on Twitter at Tara Middle Initial J Frank, and on Instagram at Tara J A Y E Frank. Cool, and I'm at Mr. Larry Kim in different places, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with Tara J. Frank. We've been discussing a lot of things from improving the bio all the way to creating blockbuster content and how to really hop over that hurdle of getting into video. Now what I kind of wanted to go over is how to get more exposure onto the content that um, Tara's creating. Um, Tara, right now when you create a piece of content, like let's say an article, where do you kind of place it? Well, mostly I place it in LinkedIn first. Um, mm-hmm. I used to have it originate in my uh, on my website, like on my blog, and then push it out to LinkedIn. But I learned that when I let it originate in LinkedIn, I get a lot more visibility. So I have like 11,000 followers on LinkedIn, which is where I have the most. So I usually mm-hmm. start there and then and then push it out to other places. Well, that's kind of the right thing to do, uh, to go and use the platform where you have the most visibility. Because when you think about a website, uh, you have to guide people back to that website. And if no one's ever heard of your website, then no one's ever going to see your content. And it kind of becomes extremely difficult to get content seen when you're uh, leading with a website-driven approach. Uh, It's kind of good to go out there and use LinkedIn, too. And some other platforms that you could really look into to really maximize the viewership of your uh, content would also be like Medium. Uh, Medium has high search engine ranking. And uh, they they also have like little mini publications where people who build their own um, LinkedIn or Medium network have like a publication with like 50,000 people, 100,000 people, 100 people who follow that specific publication. So that could get you additional views on your content too. Oh, cool. it's pretty easy to make an account. All you do is just say login or make an account with your Twitter account, and then it disappears. So it's <laughs> super simple. <laughs> and, okay, good. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and all you have to do is just like what you do on LinkedIn and your website. You just copy and paste. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing is Quora on a website called Quora. If you really think about any type of piece of content you're creating, it really answers one overarching question. Like uh, maybe you're doing a piece where you're talking about the five things that are the five things that you should do about getting personal on LinkedIn or whether or not you should. Someone probably already asked a question like that on um, Quora, so you could go and look for the questions that are similar to the type of content you're creating, and just copy and paste your answer into there too. Oh, wow. So what does that yeah. do? Like, if I copy and paste my answer into there, does that that gets more eyeballs on me or what I have to say? Like, I, I'm not even sure how Quora works. So on Quora, what people do is they follow topics like business advice, life advice, career advice, like um, human resources, marketing, whatever it may be, like any single topic you could think of, like health, space, and everything. Um, There's people who hop onto that platform to provide their expertise and their answers to these particular questions. 
Uh, what they do is when people follow specific topics, let's say you're writing something about career advice, it's going to sprinkle your content into the feeds of people who also follow that topic of career advice too. So you could virtually go onto that platform, not have a following at all, and it's going to push you push your content out to the people who are most likely going to consume your content. Cool. Okay. Awesome. That's a great tip. Yeah, and another thing that they also have is they have a content syndication team where they're partnered with companies like Forbes, Inc., etc. And if the content's like at a certain uh, level of quality and what the uh, publication is looking for, they could potentially syndicate that content and um, have it published in those other places too. Awesome. Yeah, Sweet. so... Yeah, it's pretty simple. Just copy and paste yeah. for better results. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> I'll check yeah. that out. And um, I, I think when you're thinking about content, uh, what you kind of want to look at is having that omnipresent approach where anything that you're talking about, any subject that you're discussing, uh, you want people to be able to find you from any type of search, whether it's Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Quora, Medium, SoundCloud, YouTube, whatever it may be. So um, if you're also embedding uh, your video content into those articles too, then you have two different formats that the person can consume. They could either consume the video or they could uh, consume the written words. And you could also put that video onto YouTube. You could natively put that onto LinkedIn. You could natively put that onto Facebook and you could put that onto all these different places too. That's great. Yes, yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, and if you do. make, <laughs> yeah, and if you make a little um, intro and an outro, you could strip the uh, you could strip the video per- portion and just leave the audio, and then you could turn that into a podcast too. See now, now here's where things get complicated. You made that sound really easy, but I don't know how to do <laughs> any of that. <laughs> well, um. Well, some of these things, like maybe stripping the audio, I, I really wouldn't um, advise getting into the weeds and learning how to do that, but maybe going on to like Fiverr or searching for another place that may be able to help provide a few resources here and there to really help with like the small minute details of things. That might be a, a little too... Um, foreign to learn because usually for those mm-hmm. things it's usually better to outsource yeah 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 uh, and I'm yeah. good with that like I'm the outsourcing queen just just you know I, I do some outsourcing and I completely am uh, okay with it <laughs> yeah I, I think if I were you what I would focus on doing is making that blockbuster content in written word and that blockbuster content in um, video format than outsourcing the rest of the process. Yeah. So even like the, yeah. So the sharing, the making sure that it's showing up on all my platforms, the like making 15 pieces of content out of one really good piece of content. Is that what you mean? Like outsourcing those parts? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. I know there are a lot of people who do that now. Like, you know, there are a lot of businesses that obviously manage social media. I know you, you do that for clients as well. 
Yeah, I, I do it too. Um, I'm more on the expensive side, though. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think what's helpful in this conversation is I was hesitant to outsource uh, Tara J. Frank stuff because I wanted it. Whatever I did on those platforms, I wanted it to be genuine. I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted it to be me. But this conversation is kind of helping me understand that if I if I keep control over content, right, at least for the most part, then I can still outsource various aspects of getting it out into the world and making sure it's consistent and, and making sure that I'm maximizing the content I create without feeling like I have to have my hand in all of that stuff, too. Yeah, I think all the uh, mechanical stuff, like, that doesn't have to be something that you're doing, like clicking a publish button or trimming a video or stripping out the audio. Like, that doesn't have to be something that's on you. If you're focusing on your content, then you can go out there and have that all published. Plus, also, if every now and then you want to sprinkle in some type of personal content, you have enough room and bandwidth to kind of do it because you're not tied down into the weeds of making sure that entire process is fulfilled. Yes. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So um, with all the information that we shared here, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how effective do you think this um, consult has been? Um, I would say this consult has been a uh, 10 for me. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I was. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm trying to remember Leonard. The first time I came across you, I, I don't remember what it was, um, but I came across you, and I started kind of poking around, and I was like, "Who is this dude?" And then I, I just, I watched your TED talk. You know, I read some of the things you'd written, and I've really enjoyed just following you um, and and getting to know you know you and your family, Angie and Rue, uh, by just being connected, you know, online. And so I, I do feel like you are a model for someone who can be genuine and authentic, essentially ditch that um, online and still be very, very credible, right? Which isn't always an easy balance to strike, but um, you're certainly an inspiration for me as, as someone who I believe has struck that balance really well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Oh, uh, one more tip is um, there's probably, like, let's say you were going out there and you were going to go speak at, like, General Electric. Um, One thing that you could do is also use, like, ads to go and promote your videos to or promote your articles to the people who work there before you show up. So then they kind of know that you're coming and you could use ads to kind of do that on, like, Facebook and other platforms. And um, another thing is if you start, like, connecting with people, like, maybe on LinkedIn or on Twitter who worked at these companies beforehand, too, uh, then you can build some rapport before you actually get over there. And I, I think a lot of uh, what's important is kind of leading and taking that first step instead of hoping that people would take that step to reach out to you because um, if you make that first move, uh, people are usually more inclined to um, look you up, research you, want to go and um, uh, continue that conversation. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. I can definitely do that. I usually, to your point, rely on um, that after the fact. 
you know, because I'm yeah. thinking, well, they've, they've engaged with me. They now know what I'm about, more likely to, um, to respond. Or sometimes from the stage, I'll invite people to reach out to me, you know, on LinkedIn or to connect. And some people do and some people don't. But um, I haven't really done much of that in advance. So I can certainly think about that differently. Yeah, and another thing you could do is, let's say you wanted to speak at GE, you could uh, run your speaker reel towards the people who work there too, so they could see and potentially start talking about you in the office, and maybe that leads to a speaking engagement too. (laughs) Yeah, hello. (laughs) That would be good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it goes both ways. Well, um, I wanted to thank you so much, Tara, today for showing up and um, letting me uh, provide a personal brand consult for you. Uh, I could also, uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, also give you is Ryan and I recreated a personal branding course um, that teaches you basically everything that we've ever figured out and learned about personal branding. And it's normally like a $2,600 value. Um, I, I could send that to you. I could get that. Um, over to you after our show so then you can have that access to that for free awesome thank you so much oh anytime thank you so much for coming on to the show today and um, allowing us to provide a personal brand consult for you Uh, for anyone who's listening um, in October Ditch the Act Reveal the Surprising Power of the Bell You for Greater Success is going to hit the bookshelves so make sure you order pre-order your copy and um if there's any help that you think you could also think of to help get the book out there, feel free to let me know so we could see what we could do because this book thing has consumed my entire life. <laughs> yes, I definitely will. I mentioned to you, you know, that I design conferences and I think this whole topic of ditching the act would, would be, uh, would resonate, you know, with one of the audiences that I do that for. So I'll, I'll reach out to you around the fall and we can talk about 2020. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. I hear 2020 is the best year to graduate in ophthalmology, too. (laughs) Well, hey, hopefully it's the best year for all kinds of things, because I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to things just getting better from here. Yeah, and I think it's all going on to that right track, and I think we'll all see things just happen and move forward. Um, Everyone who's joined in on the line today, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll be seeing you all next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.